Welcome to Real Life Full Equity Podcast with your hosts, Justin and Keisha Brooks. Hey, welcome to the show. Our goal is to share with you real life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing ease to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. Welcome to the show. If you haven't been listening to Real Life Real Equity, here's what you've missed. We have to figure out how to get into the lowest tax bracket possible. So while we may still make a lot of money or try to make as much money as we can, we want to be able to pay the minimum penalty, if you will, because taxes over the over your lifetime, taxes will likely be the biggest expense that you have. Wow. If you figure you're going to be paying taxes every year on every dollar that you make. Right. I mean, you yeah. cannot you cannot make money in this country without paying taxes. And quite frankly, the government's trying to make it so that you shouldn't be making money in other countries, but living here without paying taxes, which is what a lot of people are trying to do. Mm-hmm. Apple, for example. And we could talk about what happened with Apple uh, later on. But a little plug for everyone is to go ahead and take a look at that Apple litigation in terms of what happened with them in terms of paying their taxes, the amount mm-hmm. of the debt and how they been able to keep that in court and litigation and like so that's a really good case study on on the avoidance of taxes what could happen either good or bad and they were agents but they were also doing flips and they were trying to do rentals and they were trying to do all these different you know things that they had sort of worked into their world and so that's where i started ultimately is i started with them as a satellite office here in the bay area using all their back end from san diego and we were focusing on distressed uh, distressed homeowners. So doing, I, I started doing a lot of short sales and I just cut my teeth on some of that stuff. And I ended up doing nine transactions my first year, which is based on wow. just California average numbers. That's above the average agent in California. Oh. Um, but even the Bay area, you're lucky as a first year agent to do like two, three, maybe four deals. So I right. got two X the number of deals of the the average first year person and just muscled some of those through going back to my, my, you know, athletic abilities. Mm -hmm. And so like for someone who's starting out, I always say like, if you can try and find some sort of a niche, if, if, if you're not going to be on a team, if you can find a niche uh, group to go into, and I'm not saying necessarily short sales is it, but it it is an example of one just to go in and get some experience, do Mm -hmm. some transactions, get the, ball rolling because once it rolls and you like, you know, do a few escrows and then you do a few more, you start to get confidence, you start to get familiarity with it. And then that will start to um, hopefully snowball you in a direction you want to go. Girlfriend, who's now my wife, she would walk up to my house at 12 o'clock in the afternoon and say, Hey, you want to go for a picnic? I'm like, baby, it's 12 o'clock. What do you mean you want to go for a picnic? It's a weekday. She's like, yeah, nobody's out in the parks. It's a beautiful day. We're both business owners. Let's go have some fun. I'm like, no, I got to work until 10, 11, 12 at night. And she's like, oh, okay, I'll go have a picnic by myself. I'm like, all right. And then two days later, she comes back. She's like, you want to go for a beautiful drive? You know, you've got a new car. Let's go cruising. I'm like, no, nah, baby, I got to work. She's like, hmm, interesting. I go, wait, 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 back up. I go, do you do you have a job like like what what you you say you're a business owner but all you do is you just you're having fun all the time what the hell's going on how do you make money and then she's like mm-hmm. and then she shows me her bank account I'm like 
holy shit, you're doing pretty good. I go, how did you do this? She goes, well, I systemize everything. And she's got all of her employees working. And then I was there, you know, busting my ass until 10, 11 o'clock at night, every night, you know, working, 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 waking up at five in the morning, working, 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 because I somehow in my brain was associated with work is going to make me more money. You have a responsibility to strengthen your entrepreneurial muscles, and it's hard. Anybody who's ever went to the gym, lifted weights, I used to be a really, really massively strong dude. I benched 375 when I was like 22. I'll never forget the day. I put it up like seven times. I was a big dude. Yes. And I was really strong. If you've ever put that amount of weight up, it hurts. Even if you're strong, it hurts to your bones. Yeah. And... If you're living the entrepreneurial dream, it takes time to build up. If you're in the real gym, if you're in the entrepreneurial gym, it takes time to build up to a big bench. Yeah, it does. It does. And so a lot of what he said, you know, unplugging, it just made me think about how a lot of people who are still because, you know, you got to experience being a W-2 employee. I got to experience doing that. Fulfilling someone else's vision Mm -hmm. is what I instantly think about with the matrix. You are fulfilling someone else's vision and then you have to unplug and say, "Okay, wait, I'm going to learn this for myself. So that leads us into the way as it doesn't make that much of a difference. The way our human mind is actually is structured is very much the same it's just the environment that's slightly different in terms of business and the core frameworks they they're always going to be the same it's the environment that changes and the environment is only a small component of the actual business we've hit on a lot man in just a short amount of time that we've been on this call or in this interview Sapiens was the last book he named, so I think we're up to like five books uh, and one, <laughs> and one uh, public speaker to follow, one business philosopher, I should say, more correctly, with Jim Rohn. Oh, let's talk about Ray Dalio and his print. His oh, my God. Book. Yeah. <laughs> let's, just, let's just throw in all the names. What we'll at it. And it also ended up saving us a ton of money. Our overhead went from 23% to 8% to hire wow. them to do it. So. We saved a ton of money by turning it over. So, and, yeah. and one thing too, I think it was right when we were really starting to wholesale and stuff and 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 retail some stuff. So we got looking at it, and I think the eight percent was about thirty five hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. So we realized that all we needed to do for the entire month was to be able to wholesale something for thirty five hundred dollars, and that would pay for the management of all those rentals. We had about sixty or seventy, I believe. It would pay for all the management for the entire month with just that thirty-five hundred dollars. Wow! And we were doing a lot, and we were doing a lot more than that. So it was a no-brainer at that point. Once we pencil, you know, put put the pencil to the paper and looked at the numbers. So yeah, so wow. that essentially freed up two hundred hours a month between the both of us. You know, my one of my biggest problems is actually you know and and so my biggest challenge is is really your problem is comes from myself which is getting the systems in place to be productive right Mm. and i have i have a lot of challenges you know just being productive because you know you can be doing so much busy work and you know just give a perfect example like there because we're such a big company um we have a lot 
there's a lot going on. Like there's certain uh, systems that have been put in place over the years with the company at, you know, on a bigger scale that everyone kind of has to follow just to make the whole system run effectively. Right. But everyone's right. kind of bound to that. And I'm more of an entrepreneur. I, you know, I'd love to do whatever works for me to do those busy work, right. Or to do some stuff that, that I don't necessarily like to do, you know, being able to delegate that. And I recently hired an assistant just to be able to help me with some of just being able to delegate some of that more busy work has been really a game changer for me. You know, Robert Kiyosaki talks about hitting the accelerator when you're about to crash into the wall. Oh, that's exactly, that's all true. Absolutely. You know, you basically, it's kind of riding a dirt bike, right? You have to throttle down when it gets hard, you know, in the sand. It's, you yeah. Know. When you're going to crash, you don't hit the brakes because if you hit the brakes, you run into the wall. You have to accelerate out. You have to downshift and accelerate out. I learned this from uh, an event I went to from a, a lady who took a race course in class. She said, you have to downshift, which means you have to throw into a lower gear and you have to hit the accelerator to come out of your spin so that you don't run into the wall. Because if you hit the brakes, you crash. And of course, my mouth dropped open along with anyone else on that table. And I just said, anytime you want. He said, you name it, I would love to help you. And he said, okay, how about right now? And I said, absolutely. So I jumped out of my seat and said goodbye to all the people at the table and took them off to a corner of the cruise ship and, and explained what I do. And I kind of gave him a brief lesson, which I can share with you guys here today, on how to calm your nervous system down by changing the way you breathe. And so I helped him with that, and he immediately felt a difference. And so he asked for more sessions, and I saw him in the gym the next day and helped him there. And then all of a sudden, I heard people saying to me, Robert Kiyosaki's looking for you. Are you Robert Kiyosaki's body healer? oh my gosh, Robert Kiyosaki wants you. <laughs> and so the next four days on the cruise, I just kept getting approached by people. And eventually I did a session for anyone on the cruise and ended up filling the gym with 40 people on doing this. But Robert was, he, he was my turning point because I helped someone who is so successful and pretty much has anything in the world but I was able to touch him. And he, I know he has a controversial, you know, background in terms of some people like him, some people don't, but he was so kind to me. I can't tell you how genuine and kind he was. He smiled, we chatted, we talked. For more episodes like these, don't forget to check us out at realliferealequity.com. Subscribe to our newsletter at realliferealequity.com slash newsletter. And subscribe to us at iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com. Or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.